Let's pray. God, this morning you know um, what you need to say and what you want to say, and so I ask, Lord, that you would allow me to say what you have for us this morning and that I wouldn't get in the way. In your name we pray. Amen. So um, those of you who are more than 26 years old, um, do you remember that book called All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten? Do you remember this book? Yeah. I loved this concept because it was all about very simple things, but they, they were somehow true. Um, here are some of the concepts. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Clean up your own mess. Don't think, take things that aren't yours. Say sorry when you hurt somebody. Flush. And warm cookies and milk are good for you. Maybe that last one we've now learned 26 years later that we shouldn't be. But today I'm going to use a similar way to think about the mission trip. But I want, us to help, I want it to help us think about these simple truths that God gives us in his word. I will do this as we talk through the, through the mission trip, what it's taught me and how I do ministry. We're going to look at Romans 12, which Larry just read for us to guide us. Some of you have been on mission trips before, and so you can nod your head as I share in agreement because you've been there. And for those of you who have never been on a mission trip, I hope when we're done you feel like you went on one. And right after church, there's an opportunity to go on a little mini mission yourself. So let's walk through Romans 12. I'm going to hit on five things as we walk through Romans 12. The first one is you need to offer yourself up as a living sacrifice. The second one is don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Use your gifts. Love sincerely. And the fifth one is pray. Back in June, before the mission trip, I stopped over at Danae Anderson's house and met with Amy Silder about the garage sale. We were feeling so charged up and called by God. We were ready to go. They had put their, their lives already into this place of offering their lives as a living sacrifice. They had taken on a huge task, but we were all excited. Just as it says in Romans 12.1, offer your lives as a living sacrifice. This is not just a garage sale, people. We wouldn't get that excited. <laughs> we are changing the world for Christ. As I bounded out Danae's door in great excitement, I joyfully said, I'm off to get my typhoid shot. <laughs> and as it fell out of my mouth, I think both of us were a little surprised that I said it. But we both chuckled in that moment. I think I said something awkwardly like, I love my job. <laughs> But the words between us were unspoken and they felt deep. What are we, crazy to put our bodies on the line and hand them over fully to God as a living sacrifice? It was like we both couldn't believe that we do these kinds of things. But, but, but Danae knew this call. She had been on this call in a very similar way years before. Danae did the same thing when she went to the Congo. She offered her body as a living sacrifice. She knew she was called to go, but it was a huge deal because she's a wife and a mother as well. The question is, why? Why do we do this? And it says right in this verse why we do it. It's because we are 
acting out. We are giving in true worship. We are putting our bodies on the line. When we literally put our skin in the game for real, we show God that we are all in. We show him that we love him by putting ourselves all in. And he, in return, loves that we do something as crazy as this. Now, the purpose of sacrifice in the Bible has, has a very specific reason. Several reasons, but the main reason being to stay in relationship with God. They did this in, the, in biblical times because they had made a vow or because they had sinned or sinned, sinned against God or someone else. Sometimes they gave a sacrifice because they wanted to be thankful for what God had done in their own life. A free will offering out of thankfulness. A response to God's faithfulness in our own lives. It was an offering made to celebrate something God had done. But I will say, no matter what the reason, sacrifice is always hard. Our spiritual act of worship can be hard in a worship service, even when we are in a hard place emotionally. We can still offer up that little peace that we have. This should be a place where we can come when it's hard. This should be a place where we can come and let the tears flow. This should be a place where we can come and know that God is present. It helps me remember that no matter what, as I'm offering up my body to God, it's not going to be easy, but it's right. And when I do, I experience that connectedness to God, the heart of God. Now let me be clear. Jesus Christ came and he was the sacrifice once and for all. He died on the cross for all of us. It is finished in the blood sacrifice. The blood sacrifice is no longer necessary to have a relationship with God. However, if we want to experience that relationship with God, we've got to get in the game. We've got to be a part of things by offering ourselves as a living sacrifice. If anyone tells you that following Jesus is easy, they are not following the same Jesus that I know. The Jesus I follow is the Jesus that painfully went to the cross and gave it all for others so that we could be in relationship with him. If we don't expect it to be hard, then we really aren't probably following the one who walked a hard road. When I think about true sacrifice not being easy, the other story that comes to mind from Scripture is Abraham. He was asked to sacrifice his one and only son. Genesis 22.2 Then God said, Take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Morah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. This is a sacrifice of obedience. Abraham was willing to do the hardest thing imaginable to show God he was all in. 
Thankfully, when God saw that Abraham was all in, he provided a way out. Genesis twenty two thirteen. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Sacrifices during the Old Testament were extremely important because it's how you stayed in relationship with God. A true sacrifice was something that was your best, your most perfect animal, or in this case, your one and only son. When we packed our bags and headed off to Nicaragua, we offered our bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord. It's the only body we have, and we were taking it with us on this trip. It was a choice to take this trip. It was not an accident. We chose to follow God with our whole being, before, during, and even after the trip. If you've been on a mission trip before, you know what I'm talking about. The sleeping conditions aren't always amazing. The construction work is always hard. Right, Matt? Right, Andrew? You, it's, it's usually really hot. The food sometimes does a little number on your digestive system. These are all things that remind me that ministry is about offering your full body as a living sacrifice. Your full body as a living sacrifice. So you have to ask yourself daily, are, am I willing to offer myself as a living sacrifice? The second thing that I've learned by going on mission trips over the years is in verse 3 of Romans 12. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself in sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Now, I have to say, I don't always mean to always think about myself more highly than I ought, but I do. It just happens. In fact, I would say if I'm not consciously thinking about it all the time, that I am not better than others, then it just happens. Even if I don't think I'm as cool as someone or as pretty as someone or as smart as someone, I'm always thinking, well, I must be better than them in some other way. Right? It's kind of the human condition. I don't like it about me, but it's who I am. I think more highly of myself than I ought. While on the mission trip to Nicaragua, I, I was thankfully, I was shown over and over and over again that he looks at us all as 100% valuable, 100%. None of us gets a higher ranking than the other. All of us rank the highest in God's book. All of us are the highest on God's love scale. On Tuesday night on the mission trip, I had the grand experience of feeling this deeply in my soul as I stood side by side by my brother in Christ, Don Perfecto. Right after dinner, do we have a picture of Don Perfecto? He's in the peach there um, on my right. 
Right after dinner, we all piled into the back of a large truck. That's me trying to get up on the side there. And mind you, we have really felt like we just arrived. And I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. All right. Um, And we headed off to this church plant that was in the city. This is the church that we were doing construction at for the week. Our group for the week was working on two construction projects. One was to rebuild Don Perfecto's house. This was his house. And um, I'm really glad that Martine did it. And I wasn't there when this happened. But I believe Martine, our missionary that was helping us, leaned on it and it fell over. I don't remember. I don't know if this is what missionaries tell me. I don't know. So he knocked it over on the first day accidentally. Don Perfecto's house backs up to the local dump in his backyard. Don Perfecto is an amazing man who loves the Lord. He and his five children lived in this house together. He is offering his body 24-7 as a living sacrifice to God right next to a landfill. He is doing what he can with what he has, and he is fully faithful to God. He is a missionary for that church plant, which we did construction at. On that site, we were building an overhang for their outdoor worship space so that they could worship the Lord when it got too crowded inside. As we entered that space that dark night to worship, the roof had not been built yet. There had been about 30 chairs set up under the stars that night facing the dirt stage. So you can go to that next picture, Lars. So you, it's hard to make out, but um, uh, there's Jamie at the keyboard. Ask him about that later. But there, that's a dirt stage right there. As we came, I realized I should sit in the front row as the pastor, the representative of Naperville Covenant, And moments later, Don Perfecto came in and he gave me this huge hug. I had never met the man before. This was the first moment we were meeting face to face. Our group had been working with him that day. And I was overwhelmed because all I could think is, thank you for letting us invade your life. Thank you for showing us how to serve under really, really difficult circumstances. I felt so lowly as I stood next to this spiritual giant. I was thinking about how easy my life is back at home and how much I have, yet somehow I don't feel as rich as this man. As we worshiped side by side that night, I was overwhelmed by the idea of what God was seeing in that moment. I love the thought of the great joy that it brings God as two people stand side by side, worshiping with their whole hearts, both from vastly different daily lives. It was a powerful feeling to sense God smiling down on the two of us, this little unlikely pair, standing side by side in this worship space. I felt God saying, I love this. I love you both deeply. I love seeing the two of you on equal ground as you worship me in spirit and truth. I love the two of you exactly the same, which did my little lowly heart good in that moment. And then I heard God say, My heart overflows 
as I watch this. Because someday, that's what heaven's going to be like. We're going to see Don Perfecto again. We're going to stand side by sides with hands raised high, worshiping our Lord and Savior. We're going to see all of those kids again who know Jesus Christ as Savior. This made me think about how gifted Don Perfecto is in that moment. How he's able to serve where he serves. I could never serve in the way that he serves. In verse 6 through 8 of Romans 12, it says this, We have different gifts. Oh, right. According to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. It is ser- if it is serving, then serve. Don Perfecto serves perfectly in his calling. If it is teaching, then teach. Taryn Johnson has the gift of teaching. And she not only taught in Nicaragua, but she prepared all the preschool lessons and made sure we had all the right supplies before we went. If it is incur- to encourage, give encouragement. Nancy Cap made sure that we were all encouraged each day on the trip. If it is giving, then give generously. And I look around this room. You all sent us on this amazing trip. If it is to lead, do it dig- diligently. Larry Burks Jr., as I call him, because little Larry now seems mean. <laughs> Led a part of the youth night. If it is mercy, do it cheerfully. Riley was always showing us mercy as she pulled out the snacks from her bag as we were going. Gretchen Farmer put her Spanish to work reading full Bible stories to the kids almost daily. God wired me to take a group of people from the U.S. and to take them to Nicaragua. God wired Don Perfecto to be able to live in one of the hardest living conditions in the world and do a great work for God. And this is the third thing that I've learned over the years as I've gone on mission trips. Not one of us, not one of us, could do ministry or life all on our own. God created us to need one another. God loves when we work together as a team using our gifts. We are all, so, we are all created differently. God did this on purpose. This was not an accident. He gives us each different gifts. He wants us to work together. He wants us to be a community, to fulfill the greater purpose of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We are not waiting for heaven. We are living in the kingdom now. God is calling us to be a part of his kingdom Even today, as we walk the roads of Naperville, I want us to realize that putting these flyers on doors are a part of making a kingdom difference. We are each doing our part. As it says in Luke 12, 48, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. These flyers are not just about a garage sale. These flyers are about a group of people coming together to bring God's kingdom truth here to earth. 
These flyers will impact two schools. There might even be someone who ends up coming to church because of these flyers or even come to Christ because of we are asking them for their old junk. Pray that God would do a mighty work as you walk, as you stick these flyers. Pray for people as they walk, who li- as you walk, who live in these houses. At the end of books, the barbecue and books on Tuesday, a woman approached Pastor Scott and I and asked us to pray for her. So we did. We prayed for healing in, in her body, but she said after the prayer, maybe the real he, maybe what the real healing was needed. But what she said after the prayer was maybe the real healing that she needed. She looked at the two of us with tears in her eyes, and she said, "You two have no idea. I was feeling so alone. I just needed to know I wasn't alone." As she walked away, I just kept saying over and over as she was still in voice range, you're not alone. You're not alone. None of us are alone. We all have the power of God on our side. We all have the ability to pray with people and to remind them that they are not alone and that God is with them. As we walk and pray today, you never know what God is going to do. You never know what God's going to do when you show up and offer your gifts. It's in moments like this when I think about verse 9 in Romans 12. Love must be sincere. Getting to know our community this summer at Alden and at the apartment complex has given me a deep, sincere love for our community. My love for the Nicaraguan people became sincere as I was on this mission trip. Pastor Richard was the pastor, the main pastor of the church that we stayed at for the week. Now, he's the one who has his arm extended onto this man's shoulder. By the way, that's how he went swimming. He wore that swimming. He dove in the lagoon wearing that whole... Anyway, okay, it amazed me. And we were supposed to do the same, remember? It's like, whatever they do, we do. So we're like, okay, we go in. Pastor Richard has a church of about 400 people. He was, I was super impressed with how he loved his people and how he cared for his flock. However, Pastor Richard was a very stoic man, as you can see from this picture. Yet there were five or six times I remember experience, experiencing that deep love from him as we were on this trip. His tears welled up when Sharona and Kayla sang, and he was requesting more songs. His words of affirmation when we did the prayer walk station. The slight smile he gave when I gave him his own VBS name tag when he asked if they were just for the kids. His smile when Nancy gave him the bear's hat. I think that is the only smile all week that I saw. It was in our last day that he said, he said two things that impacted me greatly. He and I jumped into the front of that big truck, and he said, estoy contenta. And the translator behind me said, I am happy. 
And I, and I said, I am happy too. And then he said it in English, happy. And I said, estoy contenta. And then on the very last day, at the very last service, he prayed over me, pastor to pastor, which was powerful, powerful. As the Grinch would say, my heart grew three sizes that day. But another group of people that grew my heart on this summer, once again, were our Wyman Pearl friends. I loved being on the trip with these seven people, as well as our own NECC crew. Getting to be the mission trip nurse for Greg, Courtney, and Jamir, when they needed a little TLC and just a Band-Aid, thank goodness. I loved rooming with Nancy and experiencing a forever friendship develop. I loved watching JoJo do the motions with Shannon as they made them up together. I loved watching our NECC group mix it up with the Pearl Wyman group as they were playing Foursquare. I loved eating together with Jay Muir and his um, being very jealous of his awesome mosquito net. The laughter and the joy and the deep conversation that was had on this trip was actually sincere love. From swapping seats on the airplane and caring for one another deeply became real as we came home, and in less than two weeks, Jamir had been shot. My heart couldn't believe it. But I'm even even more disbelief that he's here today, and he's going to share with us about his mission trip experience in Nicaragua. So Jamir, if you'll come forward. Before I start, I want to say that that pastor got some driving skills. <laughs> when we was uh, going down to the, what were we going to the waterfall? Martin didn't dare go down the hill that the pastor went down. <laughs> but I wanted to say, when we were going to the church and looking at all of the stars, I mean, that's something that you could just look up and say, that can't be nothing but God. And even when we went to the volcano, uh, we was getting close. Like, it's nothing but God could create something that looks like that. But uh, I didn't want to stay up for too long, but uh, I was going to say, uh, with the medicine I'm on, it makes me, like, real weak. So when I came here, I was feeling weak, but after hearing y'all sing, like, how great thou art, like, y'all sounded like the angels from heaven is for real. And uh, when I heard y'all sing, uh, blessed. Like, I was like, oh my goodness, I feel, I don't even feel weak anymore after hearing everyone in the church sing. So that's all I wanted to say, and thanks for everyone's prayers. And then I'd like to invite up Gretchen Farmer, and she's going to share a story from her time on the trip as well. Hello. Um, So I was just going to share one of the times that I really saw God work through the trip. 
Um, so basically, it started in the mornings. We split off into two groups. One of the groups went to construction to work on two different projects, and then the other group stayed at the church and did preschool. So that's one of the days I was assigned to one of the construction projects. One of the construction projects was to work on uh, the Perfecto House, and the other was uh, to build the roof for the church. So that day, I was on building the roof. So we worked for like three, we were only supposed to work for like three hours, but we ended up working for like five. (laughs) And so right after construction, we're supposed to take that big um, flatbed truck and go back to the church to do VBS then. And so we were already late. We had to go pick up the other group from the Perfecto house and then make our way back to the church because we were at different construction sites. So before we got to the other construction site, um, we had to, well, the guys, the girls don't have to do a lot of this work, which is kind of nice. They had to carry these bags of sand, and they were like 50 to 100 pounds, and there were like 20 of them. So they had to carry them and put them into the truck. Then we got there, and they had to take them off the truck and carry them all the way down a hill. And I, like, had trouble walking down the hill, and I was carrying nothing. Um, It was, like, super steep, and I don't know how they did that. But um, so they were exhausted. So we're sitting in the back of this truck. It's, like, 95 degrees out. We are sweating, and we're waiting for the pastor to come drive us back. So we're already late. We're kind of in a rush. Um, But we're all just sitting in the back of the truck, sweating, and we, we all ran out of water, um, and all of a sudden, it starts to pour. We're like, okay, great, like, wh- what else? <laughs> and so we're sitting there. It rains for, like, 10 minutes. We're soaking wet, sweating hot, and all of a sudden, after, like, 45 minutes, the pastor comes up. He's like, all right, we're ready to go. So we're like, all right, here we go. Time for VBS. We got to hurry back. They already started. Like, they need us there because there were only, like, five people back to handle, like, like 50 kids, and so none of them speak Spanish either, and we had two of the translators with us, so it was like one translator and like five people handling that situation. I still don't know how they did that, Um, and so he turns on the car, and we start driving, and then all of a sudden you hear a giant pop, and we... um, ran over something, and our tire, like, we blew out our tire. And we're like, what are we going to do now? Like, (laughs) we had no idea what was going on, and um, we're like, oh, my goodness, we're going to be late. Like, what are they going to do without us? Like, and we're like, what could go, like, wrong, like, anymore? Like, so many things have been going wrong. And so we all get out of the truck, and... We're standing in on the sidewalk, like we're in this random town, we have no idea where we are, and we're stuck here with no ride back. And all of a sudden, these some of Don Perfecto's kids and some other kids from the village, they, they come up to us where we're standing on the sidewalk, and they start talking with us and with the little English that they kind of know, and like we know some Spanish, and they kept asking us... Um, how to say things in English, like, they were so curious, and, like, it was just fun to see, and we got to teach them all these English words, and so, like, they wanted to know how to say sorry in English, and then they would go up and greet each other, like, hello, sorry, like, anything that we told, 
Like anything we told them in English, they would like greet the, each other like that. Like they'd be like, "Hello, dog." Like it was like it was so funny to see. And um, and then they um, taught us some of their Spanish, and they taught us some of um, their like fun handshakes that we learned as kids ourselves. But there was was different, so they got really mad when we would mess up and stuff. Um, but like I think they showed a video of them earlier on the slideshow. But they were just like. They were so happy and excited, and, like, their smiles were, like, priceless. Like, you never see smiles like that here. Like, they were amazing. And um, so, but throughout the whole situation, like, if it was here, like, our society here is so, like, um, dependent uh, upon time and stuff. But when we were there, like, no one was frustrated. Like, we were like, oh, it's, it's whatever. Like, and just that feeling of, like, just everything's going to be okay, like, like they were like, oh, we blew a tire. It's it's whatever. Like it's like it's cool. I mean, it was just like so cool to witness that feeling. And um, basically, they did VBS on their own because we were like two hours late. And so, but in a way, we almost had a VBS of our own. Like if that tire would not have popped, we never would have made those amazing relationships with all those other people. And so, I think that was just amazing to see. So Gretchen's story coincides with my very last point, pray. You heard that they were three hours behind and then two hours behind. Okay, the youth pastor was back at the VBS spot, that's me. And she started to worry about her people. I was so worked up by the end of VBS that I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. And then I remembered There are people around me who are willing to pray with me. And so we sat down and we prayed fervently. We prayed for people by name. Nancy at the end, she's like, were you praying for people specifically for a reason? I was like, no, just who who came to mind? But we were on the edge of our seats, but we knew that God was in charge. And so we prayed and we stood up and we walked out the door and up pulled both of the trucks. And in that moment, there was a great sigh of relief. And I think they would have thought it was weird if I had, like, run to all of them and hugged them. They wouldn't have realized um, what was going on in my soul. But I, I mentally hugged you all when you came up. And it was an amazing moment to realize the power of prayer. And in that moment, as I stood up, I was like, we've got to be praying more as we're doing this trip. So today, as you go out and you offer yourself as a living sacrifice, don't stand on the sidelines. Lift things up in prayer. Be a part of letting God use your gifts. Put your whole self in so that you can be transformed and renewed and in that tight relationship with God. He wants to be in deep relationship with you. Allow him to be present. Lord God, we, we ask right now that you would take all that we've heard and that you would allow just the things that we need to settle in our soul. And Lord God, as we go out today, no matter what we're doing or where we're going, I ask, Lord, that you would help us to remember to be living sacrifices for you. May we put ourselves out there for you and be able to experience the deep, deep love that you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen.